No, it's not too late to start a podcast. But if you are going to start a podcast, you got to have a game plan for your show to be successful before you even start. Everybody's going to launch a show. More and more podcasts are going to be started in 2024. Like, I know a lot of people will say that it's oversaturated and industry's crowded, and that's just not the truth. I'm be honest with you, it's not. Every day, more and more shows are started. Now, the thing is, a lot of shows don't stick around. Maybe 90% of all podcasts never get past episode seven. They do what's called pod fading, where people start putting content out. They don't get results fast enough, so then they quit. Tell me avoid that. I want to break down today what I would do if I was starting my podcast journey in 2024. Let's get it. What's up, people? I am Chris, host of Pod Central. Now, if you're listening to this on the podcast, I appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, shout out to you as well. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, all of that good stuff. Bringing out a, more, a lot more content, more educational stuff, specifically on the podcasting stuff and how do you market the show? How do you grow? Definitely, how do you monetize? So stick around for that. Now, if I was starting a show in 2024, the first thing I would do before I did anything else, before I buy any equipment, before I pay for any software, the first thing I'm doing is setting a plan for monetization. And most people skip this part because in the podcast industry, for some strange reason, it's like taboo to talk about profitability. I'm a part of a lot of podcast communities and people don't wanna talk about making money. It's so weird to me because I think everybody wants to make money. Like even the podcasters I talk to at PodFest or Podcast Movement, one day they'll say, yeah, I don't care about making money. I don't care about profitability. It's whatever. Then I see them literally six months later, they'll see me in a Facebook group and they send me a message. Oh, hey, Chris, I saw the show and my community is making money. Can you help me do that? And I'm kind of like, well, I knew you would want this, right? I just want podcasters to stop lying to themselves about profitability. Like if you don't have it, but that's somewhere you wanna go, I understand that. I get the frustration of not being there too. I understand that. But in the beginning, when you're launching a show, start by planning out, okay, this is what I want. This is my goal. I still do this myself right now with my new podcast, like Respect the Grind, with Founder Success Methods. When I start these new shows, I'm always planning out, okay, what is the goal with this show? How much money do I want to make? How am I going to make the money, right? Like, how am I going to be profitable? If you skip this part because you say it's not important, it comes back to bite you later because now it's harder to monetize down the line. You know, it's more challenging because you didn't set the right foundation to begin with. You don't have the right messaging. You don't have the right game plan. You don't have the right content so that your listeners are ready to buy products or sponsors are ready to pay for your show. So in the beginning, the first step is figure out how you're going to monetize this thing. Now, the second question you gotta ask yourself, now that you know how you're gonna monetize, and this is the thing too, I wanna say this, even if you don't know how, it's okay to have like the vision for it and learn how on your way, that's fine. Like if you say, I wanna make $10,000 a month from this podcast through sponsorships and product sales, that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that, right? And I think a lot of podcasters don't monetize because they think, well, I don't know how to do that, I don't have any of this stuff yet, so forget it, I don't care about monetizing. And again, that's not the truth, you're lying to yourself. So the second question you gotta ask yourself is how am I gonna get listeners? Again, this is another thing that people skip. Instead of trying to plan a show out and be more effective and really set yourself up to win, most people go straight to the equipment. Oh, I need to buy this microphone. No, you don't. You need to figure out who your listeners are, where they are, and what they want. That's the three key criteria for listenership. Who is it, right? For me, I like to go layers deep into the market, right? I know that 
my podcast, Pod Central, is for podcasters. It's mainly for people who want to profit from their show, who have a business, who are building a business, right? You've been at your company, you have one for at least two years, right? You put out at least 20 episodes with your show. That's usually who I'm making content for. Then where are your listeners? I know from research that my listeners are mainly on LinkedIn and YouTube, right? Here on YouTube, right? Now, some are on Facebook, some are on Instagram and stuff, which means those are secondary platforms. But my main platforms are on LinkedIn and YouTube, because when I'm profiting from my show, I am selling a product, which is the Pod Central software, the number one podcast production assistant. And I'm also selling my one-on-one -on -one workshops, right? My bigger workshops where I work with podcasters and my high-level agency clients are definitely on LinkedIn. So you see how the monetization is first because then your marketing ties into where those people are so you can profit. Now, remember the third point is what do they want? I know my listener, the podcaster that's out there that just started their show or that has put out their 20 episodes and they're on that grind and they're being consistent and they're locked in. They want the higher level stuff, right? Like they don't want to know, oh, how do I post on social media to get a couple more listeners? They're kind of past that, to be honest. Like a lot of the people I work with in terms of my agency, they're like, I'm willing to pay somebody whatever it costs to come in and do all of this stuff for me. And I love that. I love that aspect of it. That makes my life easier because that's my expertise and I can deliver that service to them and they get results from it and they win. Now, on the other hand, part of the Pod Central brand is to also serve the independent podcaster. Right. So the podcaster, again, the smaller show that doesn't have an editor, that doesn't have a designer, they don't have the budget to pay, you know, three, four five grand a month for a production. They need the actual tool. So that's where the pod central software comes into play. Right. So you, if you can see how it comes together. I talk about monetization first because I know that's what everybody wants. Then your marketing has to tie into the money part so that. When you're marketing your content, when you're making your content, now you tie it to the money part. Again, most people do this backwards where they're like, I'm going to buy equipment and I'm going to pay for this software and I need to find a hosting platform. Like a lot of that stuff, to be honest, I'm going to be honest, a lot of it don't matter that much. The microphone, the hosting platforms, it does not matter nearly as much as you think it does. I know in your mind you think, yeah, this matters a lot. This is super important. It's not. It's just not. I'm going to just be honest. We'll get to that in a second. But the main thing you got to understand is that when it comes to the marketing of your show, when it comes to actually putting out your content, you want to know who your listeners are, where they are and what they want. See, because for me, it would be a waste of time to go and spam Facebook groups. I'm not getting much out of that. I might get some listeners here and there, but I know down the road, those aren't the listeners that will pay for the Pod Central software, the number one podcast production assistant. Those are not the people who will pay to come to a workshop when I'm in their city. You know what I'm saying? So it's not to say that they're bad people or anything. I'm not saying that. They're just not the kind of podcaster that I want to work with in my brand. That's all it is. Now, the third part of this is your content style. This is very important because most people see podcasts come out and they're like, okay, I want to do interviews. And they just do endless interviews and as somebody has done hundreds of interviews at this point i'm not mad at it i'm not i get it i get why you would want to do that interviews are super fun you get to meet some amazing amazing super smart people like interviews have honestly changed my life so i'm not mad when people want to do that but again you have to tie that to the monetization strategy because 
if you don't, you'll be 20 episodes in like, man, I haven't made a dollar from this podcast. This is just costing me money. It's an expensive hobby at this point. The way to avoid that is to make sure you have a game plan. And what I mean by that is figure out the content style that works for you. For me, I know I have to mix in educational content like this. I got to teach you the what and the how and all of that stuff and why. That's part of the process because I know if I teach you these things through my content, you're more likely to support the brand, to support the show, to be a user on the software platform. It all works together. Whereas if I had an education, uh, entertainment show about like the Lakers or something, you don't really want educational stuff. Like that wouldn't go over as well. I remember I literally tried that, like to do the basketball content from a more educational perspective. And the truth is, sports fans just don't want that. Well, at least basketball fans. I think the NFL does a good job of educating people in that way of like, this is what a scheme looks like and this is a coverage. Whereas sports doesn't work that way, you know? For basketball, NFL just does a really good job, but most other sports don't really do that good of a job with that. Most other sports don't do as good of a job with the analysis. So for me, it just didn't work. So you have to figure out your content style and what works for you. Now, before you launch your show, I would suggest doing some research. Talk to those ideal listeners and see what content they want. Do they want to see you talk about trending topics and news and stuff? Um, do they want to see you do reactions? I've had people that love my reaction videos or on YouTube. I just react to other podcasts. That's it. And some people love that. You got to find a content strategy that works for your brand and what you're doing. Go and talk to the listeners. Literally ask them, hey, we're planning on doing some interviews. Who would you want to see on the show? What type of guests are you interested in? Because a lot of times as podcasters, I admit this, we selfishly want to interview people for our own benefit right now what we got to do is figure out how to align that with what our audience wants because if you're just interviewing people that you want to talk to it won't really help the show at all all right now the fourth step this is where you get into your equipment now i do think equipment is important but i think we put too much emphasis on it because the only way equipment will really affect you is if you buy the cheap stuff. If you go on uh, Amazon and you get that gold microphone that's like, I don't know, like 50 bucks, it's probably not a good microphone. I'll be honest with you. There's just certain brands you should go with when you work in podcasting. The Shure NV7 is what I have here. I got a couple of these now. It's the best microphone in my opinion. SM7B is a little overrated. Plus, you need some extra tools to make it work. It's a little annoying for me. I like the Shure NV7. I got the USB-C plug where I can plug this cable right here literally into my computer and just go. I don't even need to use my audio interface all the time. Another thing you need to have, headphones. These are Audio-Technica's, I'm not even sure which one. I'll put it in the description and just good headphones. Amazing, simple headphones. When I'm recording, you know, by myself at the house, then I will use my wireless headphones. But when I do in-person interviews, I like to wire up the headphones just to make sure no batteries die or anything like that. When you're choosing a microphone, think about the kind of computer that you have as well. If you got a MacBook Pro with the USB-C plug, get the Shure NV7 so you can use the USB-C cable. If not, you will have to use the XLR. If you're using XLR, then you will have to get an audio interface. This is the Focusrite 2i2. The older version, they got a newer version. I'm ordering that one right now. It's perfect. It's so super simple. Then with this one, you XLR into here, and then you have the USB-C plug here. And once you plug this in, you plug that into your computer, and there you go. You start recording, right? So when it comes to the equipment stuff, the main thing I need you to understand, 
once you get past that $130 mark with the microphones, they kind of sound the same. I've listened to a lot. I study this stuff. I'm be honest with you. I've been setting up my podcast studio. I'm doing another episode on my travel podcast studio. I'm super excited for that. And one thing I learned is most of these microphones sound the same. Like the super high level audio geeks will tell you, no, this one's better. This one's better. No, I can just tell you that the cheap microphones do not sound good. So I, I more so have a list of microphones you shouldn't get. Now, I hope this doesn't hurt my chance to work with any of the brands out there, but <laughs> I just got to be honest. The Blue Snowball, I understand is a great starter microphone. I get it. But for the $100 you pay for that, you can get the Audio-Technica AT2020. Get the Audio-Technica over the Blue Snowball. The Blue Snowball just doesn't have as good a good sound. It's it's really dense, right? And you have to be really up on it. And it's one directional. So it's not like it takes in the sound everywhere. You look at this microphone here, it can take in a sound from every direction. And I took the pop filter off. Make sure you get a pop filter too. This is like a dollar. Don't, don't cheap out, right? So this takes in the sound from everywhere, every angle. Pretty simple. When you're investing in your equipment, you don't, if you're just starting out and you haven't put out one episode yet, you do not have to go and get the most expensive thing. I, I actually encourage people not to do that because what will happen is you'll probably mess up the recording, probably throw yourself off and mess up a lot of stuff because you're trying to record and make this content, but you don't really know what you're doing just yet. You know what I'm saying? It's better to start off with what you have, invest like 100, 200 bucks, keep it simple. Because if you try to go too far too fast, you'll mess it up a lot. All right, so the last thing you need here is software. Now, software, again, some of it is a little overrated. I can tell you that one of the most important tools you need is Pod Central. Pod Central is the best post-production podcast assistant. Once you upload your episode, you get your show notes, you get title options, you get keywords for SEO, you get chapters and even highlights for, you know, when you want to make those clips, you get all that on Pod Central. In addition to that, you also get a booking feature. One of the most annoying things about hosting a podcast, especially when you do interviews, is setting up the interviews. It's so frustrating. You have to play email tag to get their headshot and then their bio and then some other stuff. It just becomes too much. So to avoid all of that on Pod Central, when somebody's booking to be on your show, before they can select the time and date and confirm, they have to enter their name, their email, their headshot, their bio. You get all the details so you can make that social media content once the episode is done. So make sure you check out Pod Central. It's in the link in the description down below. In addition to that, you need a tool to do your interviews on, and that is Riverside. By far, Riverside is the best interview platform. It's just the easiest. It's the easiest. You go in there and you set it up. You can set it to 4K. Now, we'll say this. Your interviews will only be in 4K if your computer can handle that. If your computer doesn't have more than 16 gigs of RAM, you probably won't get 4K. 1080p is what most people are watching anyway, so don't worry about that. Um, also, inviting your guests when you make a studio room for your show, super easy. Click of a button. Now, as a sweet pro tip, when you're using Pod Central Riverside together, the great thing is you can create your studio on Riverside and then take your invite guest link and put that in your booking calendar on Pod Central. Now, as soon as somebody sets that appointment with you, they can download the calendar link and the location for the meeting will be a Riverside room. So now there's no more email back and forth. You don't have to worry about them missing a time. 
it's right there. Now, the last tool you need is a hosting platform. This really is crazy as it sounds. It depends on the kind of show that you have. My business shows perform very, very well on Libsyn. All of my high-level clients, I put them on Libsyn. Libsyn has the best customer service, the best support, and it just works really well. Libsyn is a great platform. Now, for my other brand shows, I put them on Transistor. I like Transistor because it's simple and adding those players to the website is super easy. They give you a lot of updates in terms of analytics um, and then setting up your distributors on there, super easy. Libsyn made updates to theirs too, so it's easier, but those are like my top two. So there you go. That is literally everything you need to know to start a podcast in 2024. How to monetize, setting up your marketing plan, you know, getting really, really thorough with your ideal listeners. You got to do that. Don't skip that part. That is super important. Also, we talked about your content styles and equipment, tools, all of that stuff. Now, I'm going to break each of these sections down even more before the start of the new year. But let me know in the comments below what you have the most questions about, right? Like, what's the biggest struggle? What's your biggest fear with starting a show? Let me know. Do you got a live show and you're struggling? Let me know down in the comments below. I'm Chris, and I will see you next time.